Praise the really wonderful. Let, let's really appreciate them. This, this month, we're moving to make the most of your time. I, I refuse to call it time management for obvious reasons. Because it's a, it's a, a time management is a miss, uh, what would you call it? Um, it's, a, it's an oxymoron, yes. It, you can't manage time. I will see it in a minute and I'll show you why I'm going backwards. Because I shared this at one of the midweek services. But I, I felt very strongly of the Lord to go back and touch it again in the main service. And I want to quickly read something to you. It's in your bulletin. It's on page two. I'm going to read it from that. Um, literally it says disorganized Christians really enjoy intimacy with God and if you can turn into your bulletin now most of you don't know the stuff that we put into this thing well that's your business but I know we put quite a lot of information here and sometimes we read through 2030 to choose one that we feel is appropriate for you this one I think is really good if you take time it's going to be finished next week it talks about the Lord of time but we'll do that next week it says they certainly have intentions of pursuing that fellowship, but it never quite gets established. No one has to tell them that time must be set aside for the purpose of Bible study and reflection, for intercession and for worship. They know all that. They simply are not doing it. They excuse themselves saying there is no time, but within their private worlds, they know it's more a matter of organization and personal will than anything else. He says, if I'm in a state of disorganization, the quality, this is what I want to show you, that there is a connection between managing your time and your relationships. That's what he says. If I'm in a state of disorganization, the quality of my personal relationship usually reveals it. The days pass without a significant conversation with my wife or daughter. My wife and I will be in contact but our conversations may be shallow, devoid of self-revelation and unaffirming. I may become irritable, resenting any attempt on her part to call my attention to anything I have done, sorry, I have undone or people I have let down. The fact of this matter is that when we are in control of our time, we don't like ourselves, our jobs and much else about our world. And it is difficult to break this destructive pattern that settles in. This terrible pattern of disorganization must be broken or our private walls will fall quickly into total disaster. We must resolve to seize control of our time. I just wanted to show you that when we choose themes, they are interconnected. Am I making sense? Watch this. The central principle of all personal of time is simple time must be budgeted most of us learned about money a long time ago we discovered that we really had enough money to do all the things we wanted to do with it we found it prudent to sit down and think through our financial priorities with money the priorities were obvious for family our first financial priority has always been our tithe and offerings the fixed expenditures of food house utility books and so on and we hear savings only after we have budgeted these amounts of money for the necessities have we ventured into the discretionary side of the budget, namely those things that are more wants than needs. Here we may be talking about a meal at our favorite restaurant that is a bit easier. When men and women do not understand the difference between the fixed and the discretionary aspects of their lives, of their financial life, they usually end up in debt, which is a financial version of disorganization. When money is limited, one budgets when time is limited sorry and time 
is sorry and when time is in limited supply the same principle holds the disorganized person must have a budgeting perspective and that means determining the difference between the fixed what one must do and the discretionary what one would like to do why am i bringing this up because i'm going to talk a little bit more about relationship this morning than i am going to talk about time but i wanted to show you that there's a correlation i wanted to show you that we we're living in very dangerous times today we have you will see it in next week's articles we have text messaging mobile phones those days before you could get a phone line and be distracted by the telephone you needed to really be a very busy person or a rich person today everybody has i mean you can be talking to your staff and all of a sudden their phones go off and many of them pick it up and even in church if the phone rings now somebody will stand up and walk outside church as if it is jesus that was calling him so even then we can't weigh what is important and one of the things i heard from stephen cover who we took this backdrop from was that the things that are urgent are seldom important ah your father is dead okay you leave service you go out you cry is he still dead you see what we do so i'm going to go in a slightly different direction this morning and i and i need you to follow me praise the lord are we here are we all right should we put on the fans are you comfortable Therefore, take no thought, saying, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. I like the other translations, which are a little bit different. It says, so don't start worrying. Where will my food come from, or my drink, or my clothes? And the reason why I chose this translation is because right now, where we are is a place of worrying. The economy is bad. Situations are turned upside down. And the natural thing for you and I to do is to do what? Worry. Am I right? Are you here? We worry. And that's how. But look at what another translation says. It says, what I'm trying to tell you here is to, to get you to relax. To not to be preoccupied with getting so that you cannot respond to God's giving. There's a place you and I need to get to. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And for many years, I think I've shared this with you before. When I used to come to church, they used to say becoming an usher was seeking the kingdom of God. But the word kingdom is king's dominion. What the Bible is saying is that let God have dominion over your life, not become an usher. There's some devilish ushers. Okay, devilish choir members. They will finish singing, anointing will fall, and they will go next door and sit down and not talk to them. That's God. None of you people know that there's a difference between when you minister here and when you go home. That's why you can come on the pulpit and lie to everybody. You know, I really love the Lord. Your wife will say, yes, I know, I've seen it at home. When you slap me. It was loving the Lord. Fivefold ministry, yeah. So don't don't miss don't mix these things up because somebody can sing and the anointing come somebody can talk and the anointing come doesn't mean he's in good character god has dominion over his life 
But he's saying the first thing you need to do is seek God's dominion in your life and his righteousness, not your own. His righteousness, not yours. Because it was his righteousness that was imputed to me, not mine. He says, all my good works are filthy rags. All my righteous acts are filthy rags in the sight. Seek his dominion. And all the things that the Gentiles are, seek, are, are, are seeking for will be added to you. Take no thought tomorrow. Excuse me? We are saying there's economic downturn and you are telling me to take no thought for tomorrow. I, I mean, I need to pay my staff salaries. I have bank money to pay. I have responsibilities. You are asking me not to take any thought about tomorrow. And I like what the letter, I mean, I like what it says next. Give your entire attention to what God is doing worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when the time comes. That's why I'm stopping to reteach this thing. You don't add anything to your life by worrying. I mean, that's not even properly. Worrying, you are not designed to survive through worrying. That's why we have high blood pressure. We have all those crazy diseases. Simply because what we were not supposed to be doing, we're doing. You are not going to change anything by worrying. You know, David is one of my best examples. This guy begins to, 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 to fast and pray for days on end, weeping and crying because his son is sick. The son of sin. Granted, there was legitimate problems. This guy begins to pray and fast and everybody nearly dies. And then he notices that they were walking differently around him. He says, is the boy dead? He said, yes. He washes his face and goes partying. Is that what you do? Your father is sick. You've been praying and fasting. Your father dies. Oh! <laughs> David got up and went for a party danced and went to rejoice in the house of the Lord. He says, while he was alive, I could change things. After he's dead, I couldn't. Why worry? You're quiet. I must be talking to you. This is something that I've discovered, I'm experiencing, and I keep experiencing tomorrow. That it is not what happens to you that defeats you. It is your attitude to what happens to you. This is something I have found out. You know, I've seen people, identical people in identical crisis. I've seen couples in identical crisis. One couple survives, the other one doesn't. And yet you wonder, what defeated the attitude to that thing, not the thing itself? Am I making sense? You see, why I'm bringing this up is you and I have to learn how to live in times like this without changing. Are you here? And this is one of the secrets. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of the Lord that he may exalt you in due time. And Pastor Sable shared it this morning. Casting all your cares upon you. You know, this is the funny part. Most of us don't associate the word humble yourself with casting your care. The humility is the casting of your care. The humility is your ability to say, I can't do this. 
The humility is not, oh God, I'm humbling myself. No. The humility is saying, God, this is beyond my capacity. Are you here? Humble yourself. That's where it is. Under the mighty hand of God. By casting your cares upon him because he cares for you. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, make your request known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. Why am I bringing this up? Ladies and gentlemen, this is not, I'll come back to it in a minute, what it means to cast your cares upon the Lord. How you can do it in practical terms. But let me go to a story that we're all familiar with. And ladies and gentlemen, this is how I studied the Bible. I don't know about you, but this is how I studied the Bible. We all know the story of Samuel, Hannah, his mother, and what she went through. Uh, because of time, we'll just rush through it. Her adversary provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then her husband Elkanah said to it, Why weepest thou? Why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better than ten sons? You all know the story. Huh? Do you know the story? If you don't know the story, put up your hand and I will buy you a Bible. Free of charge. She says she knows the story, but she still wants the Bible. That's a smart woman. Alright? Now Eli sat upon the seat by the post of the temple and she was in bitterness of soul and she prayed to the Lord and wept so and she vowed a vow and said O Lord of hosts if thou will indeed look upon the affliction of thy handmaiden and remember me and not forget thy handmaiden but will give thine handmaiden a man child then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon her we all know the attitude shift because again it's not what happens to you it's your attitude to what happens to you are you here? But look at where I'm going. And it came to pass that she began to pray and Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. Let me stop and say, that is one problem with the Pentecostals. They think that all prayers must be shouted. Then God has heard. I'm not saying don't shout, but I'm just saying let's balance it out. Sometimes your voice is not heard. Eli thought she was drunken, and Eli said to her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Anna answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor struck drink, but I have poured my soul before the Lord. Out not thy handmaid in the daughter of Bilia, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Are you here? Then Eli said unto her, Go in peace, the Lord God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou have asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaiden find grace or favor in thy sight. So the woman went away and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Scripture. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, 
The Bible says they rose up early in the morning and they worshipped the Lord and returned. And Elkanah knew his wife and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass that the time came after Hannah had conceived, she bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. That's not what I'm looking for. Let me tell you what I'm looking for. How did she know without being pregnant that her prayer had been answered? Bio gets up and says, Lord, I need 500,000 for the next dream come true. And he comes to church and he's standing because we don't have altars here, in front of the air conditioner. And he's speaking to the air conditioner. I said, Bio, why are you spraying my air conditioner? No, no, pastor, I'm not spraying. I'm just putting my heart before the Lord so that the wind of the air conditioner can carry it to heaven. And I said to Bio, go, the Lord has answered your prayer. How is Bio supposed to know that the Lord has answered his prayer? Isn't it for his account to be credited with 500,000? I'll wait for you to catch up with me. How do you and I evaluate whether God has answered our prayers or not? Let them alone. Yes, sir. The peace of God. Thank you. I'm trying to bring out here is the fact that we still don't get it. That the first place prayer is in you, not outside. That's why they will say, I can't give my testimony now because it's not yet complete. It means that the 500,000 is not in the account. Uh, come on now, am I right? Talk to me now. And I'm happy Doc has brought it up. But let me show you what I was trying to show. The Bible says, being justified by faith, we have peace. That woman knew then and there that this matter is... Don't forget, she had to go home. And you know those days, they did not travel in Mercedes Benzes. It was donkeys. So she probably had to travel a few days home on a donkey. They don't allow them to have sex in the temple. So she traveled home on a donkey for a few days. Then she now slept with her husband. Then she now got pregnant. And then nine months later, she gave birth. But she knew that day, standing in front of the altar, that this matter was settled. That is what is missing in our prayer life. The Bible says, how does faith, being justified by faith, we have peace. But then faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word of God that is heard is the substance of the thing you're looking for. Am I making sense? I'm going somewhere with this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek God. And Daniel goes on to say, the people who know their God. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you where I'm going with all this. And this is where you and I need to be very careful. And this is where I'm learning from God. 
And the Lord said to me directly, this wasn't somebody told me. He said, your problem is trust. Because naturally, Benga will tell you, I am a backup, backup person. I will give you an assignment and I guarantee you, I have a backup. Not a backup because you will fail, but backup just in case you fail. And I inadvertently do that with God. God, I need 500,000, but in the interim, Pastor Sammy, you think you can borrow me 500,000? That's my backup. Just in case. Then Sebo, that you told me about this one million naira that they're paying you 10%. Can I take it from you and give you 20? That's my second backup. God was telling me the key here is trust. Can I go to bed tonight knowing that tomorrow when I wake up, what I'm looking for is taken care of? I don't see too many heads saying, yeah. Because you and I know that's where we are. How can we leave this place and the rest that God gives? He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Let me, let me go back. My yoke is easy, but my burden is light. This is where I'm going with all this. Because the next story we're going to read is that of Mary and Martha. You all know the story. One of them spent so much time in activity. One of them spent so much time learning. How do you know somebody? If you don't spend time with them. I can sense the slightest mood shift in my wife. And so she, so can she. Some of you, you just get home, all of a sudden that your very vibrant child slows down. It's not talking as much. It's not playing as much. You know, it must be sickness or an emotional problem. Come on, talk to me. They don't need to tell you. That's knowing people. And he says, my yoke is easy. My bo-. But he says, come and do what? Learn of me. He said to Martha, Martha, your sister. So that one says, you're up there. She has left me to serve. Tell her to come and help me. And Jesus answered and says, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled or worried about so many things. Like economic downturn. GLC. Is it GLC or GFC? Hey, no petrol. No customer. Ah. Naira, when they told me that the dollar is 1 to 170, I was shocked. I said, why don't they just buy pounds? It's cheaper. 1 to 170. When it is falling everywhere else, it's going up here. From 120. Is it 120 or 140? 120 to 1, that's 50 more. That's about 50% increase in the cost of things in this country. That's worrisome. 
That's something to be troubled and careful about. But one thing is needful. Mary has chosen that good path. And it will not be taken from her. How many times have you had trouble and gone to sit down in the presence of God? Not in the presence of your uncle. You're quiet. I'm going to move to this section. How many times? Have you truly had trouble? The Bible says they tried to stone David. His own men were so depressed that their wives and their families and their goods were stolen. They gathered together and had a meeting on how they were going to stone him. And the Bible says that David did what? Encouraged himself. Who? In the Lord. He didn't go for crying out loud. Where have we gone for solutions? There's some people who are members of this church, members of Jesus' embassy, they have this special prayer mountain that they must go to. Are you saying that prayer mountains are wrong? No. I think you should go to as many prayer hills and mountains as you like. However, it is no substitute for you sitting with God. We're trying to substitute church activities and programs for spending time with God to find solutions. Are you here? That's why if we don't get our priorities right, we're going to be in trouble. Let me tell you something. This is one of the best times to be alive. But guess what? It's also one of the worst times to be alive. It's one of the best times if we use what God makes available to us and succeed. But it's one of the worst times if we continue to walk in ignorance. And believe me, we're getting to that place. You know, the funny thing, I was, I was talking to some people the other day. And I have this documentary I brought back from, from um, America, from England on my last trip about stock exchange, how it crashed. And when they began to write out exactly why it crashed, it was identical to the Nigerian situation. How banks were loaning people money to buy shares in their own companies. Identical. And I thought to myself, didn't we study? Didn't we know it was going to happen? How come we didn't see? That's because we don't learn. How many of you have made mistakes and have gone back to evaluate those mistakes and say, I won't do this again. I won't do this again. I won't put my money there again. Let me move on. Yeah, let me go back. <sighs> let me leave that. I like this one. Has thou not known Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the creation of the creator of the heavens of the earth, fainted not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. What I'm trying to show you here is that this is what happens when you spend time with him. This is not prayer mountain. This is not church prayer meeting on Wednesday. This is not midweek service. This is not Sunday service. This is not all of us gather together and let us pray. Mm -mm. This is me and God. What happens is that you step into his presence and he's promising you that this God you came to sit down with, 
does not faint. He is never weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to those who are about to faint and to those who have no strength no might he increases strength one translation actually says he exchanges your strength I know you are not used to me preaching like this you think I only do time management even the youth shall faint the young men shall utterly fall, but they that will wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eager. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Another translation says, um, This is another translation. It says, Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening to God? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's the creator of all you can see and imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. He knows everything inside out. And then he goes on to say, he energizes those who get tired and give fresh strength to the dropouts. Even young people will tire out. Young folk in their prime will stumble and fall. But those who wait upon, Lord, upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings out and soar like eagles. They run and they do not get tired and they walk and do not lag behind. Notice the three aspects of your life is taken care of. Your walk, your run, your race, and your height. And God says, I'll take care of all of them. If you only you will spend time with who? Do you notice how we pray? I don't know about you, but I was taught to pray. By some of the best church, churches in this city, I was taught, taught how to pray. Wake up at five. For the first one hour, you do all sorts of stunts. Then you gather all your prayer points for that day and you pray it systematically. You qualify everything. You bind the devil, the one you bound yesterday night before you went to sleep. So you got up in the morning and you bound him again just in case the rope got loosed through the night. Then in the morning you got up and you bound him again. And you drew more life and more power and then you bound him again. And then you went out. And the minute you finish binding him and from the minute you finish praying, you don't talk to him again until 6 o'clock in the evening. To come and bind another set of demons. Because we've been taught that prayer is getting up in the morning, binding the devil, dealing with him, arranging something with God and then step out nobody taught us that every moment every step of the way it's a relationship with God turn left turn right don't go in pull back you're too early you're too late don't go in that direction stop be careful don't enter that vehicle enter don't enter do this it was supposed to be a relationship but we turned it into a formula and it's very difficult to unlearn that now am I right? This is something we all know. And I, I'm going to, there's a, the famous Chinese bamboo. Plant it in the first year. It's proper sunlight. Nothing happens. You plant that bamboo in the ground, nothing happens. The second year, nothing happens. The third year, same love and care, nothing happens. Fourth year, 
nothing happens you keep looking nothing has happened four years you've been patient you've tried to grow it nothing happens and nothing has happened four years you've been patient you've tried to grow it nothing happens in the fifth year in four to six weeks that plant becomes the tallest plant in the forest do you know what it was doing for five years it was taking its root downward I told you my wife and I are in the process of building and by the way, we need to move out of our house in the next 15 days. So please, anybody who's in real estate, help us. Help us. In Jesus' name, we'll pay. It's not free. Um, fifth, four years, it's going down. I'll tell you what, we started building. Every time we built, we took the children there to see what we were building. We were laying the foundation. When we get there, they'll be looking for the house. Daddy, I thought you said we're moving to this house this year. Where is the house? Can't you see it? Okay. Took them first time, first week, two weeks, three weeks, foundation, clearing, slab. Mm-mm. We spent, I think we spent close to five million naira. I think as of last week, they did the floor slab and started arranging the walls. So yesterday we went there with one of the kids and we got there. Okay, this is the sitting room. This is the dining room. This is the bedroom. Okay, this is my room. This is it. It was the same foundation, but he couldn't see anything. And that's the same way God works with us. For many years, all he's laying is foundation. By Friday, we'll be at Linter. They can see the rooms now. But when we were laying the foundation, they didn't see a house. Same thing with the bamboo tree. It was laying foundations for four years. Just laying them. And what God does, you go through this crisis, a foundation is laid. You go through this trial, you learn how to live. You go through this, you learn the principles of God. Learn this, you learn, you learn, you learn. What is this setting you up for? Or a better tomorrow. Are you here? Let me close. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, I, I first shared it and then I saw a documentary. And I was glad I had shared it first because I would have thought maybe I tried to make the documentary say what I wanted to do. And I kept saying to God, what are the, two, what are the things we need to pray for right now more than anything else? in this season that we're living in and said to me skills and favor I said okay let's analyze that a little bit can we do that and then we're going to pray huh? that's not what he said Maxwell says success is opportunity meeting preparation ladies and gentlemen you and I can do nothing about opportunity opportunity is totally taken out of our hands But you and I can do everything we need to do about preparation. And this is my favorite scripture. See as the man, diligent in in his business, he shall stand before kings, he will not stand before mean men. Show me somebody who does a good job and I will show you somebody who is better than most and worthy of the company of kings. One of the first things I shared with you this morning was how I got to Lagos and people got up and they were giving out one million naira without batting an eyelid and issuing checks on the spot and I thought to myself what is the difference between Lagos people and Ibadan people and the answer is so simple we are serving mere men 
I will wait for that one to sip, to sip it. The reason why most of us don't have the money we need is that what we are, the people we are giving our products and services to have no appreciation for it and cannot pay us for it. They are mere men. When ideally, what God wanted us to do was bring our products and services before kings who will pay us handsomely. This weekend, these people, I, I, I don't want to name the company so I don't get embarrassed, they, they paid 300,000 naira for six projectors for two hours. Hey, boy, Obama. You've organized events. Two million naira for three hours. We are appearing before mere men because there are two parts that are missing in our lives. The first one is preparation. The second part is opportunity. The reason why most of us are appearing before kings is that we have no opportunity to appear before kings. Some of us who have had the opportunity to appear before kings, we have not prepared adequately prepared. I mean, what is skill? Skill is the ability to do something well. It, it means you require some level of training or practice. And let me explain this to you. One of the problems we've had in this country, uh, Dr. Dr. Degbola, you, you tell me whether you agree with me, is that we were, taught, we were taught on the British system where you memorized, where you were given information and you gave it back to your examiners. The American system was broken up into two parts. You had theory and you had practicals. In Nigeria today, you have electrical engineers who cannot repair their own radios. Because there's no practical. You see, one of the problems we're facing in church is that you are all here, sitting here this morning. Do you know what you are getting? Teaching, not training. Kanu Kwanko was a talented footballer, but he had to go to England to learn skill. Have you noticed when Africans leave our shores? Those who are gifted and talented, once they get there and they expose them to training, they excel. We don't like practicing. I was telling them on, on Wednesday, I said to them, Michael Jordan, they told us, this is, they showed it to us, every morning when that young man gets up, as successful as he was, every morning when he gets up before he goes for basketball practice team practice gets up and has made it a decree from when he was a young man that before he leaves his house he will shoot 1,000 hoops in other words he must score 1,000 baskets before he goes out so when he throws it and it doesn't enter he doesn't count it this young man will take that ball every morning and shoot it sweat tired 1,000 plus times every single day. What is he doing? He's developing his skill. What do you do with your own? When last did you go for a training program? When last did you improve your skill? When last did you make an effort to get better at what you're doing? Those of you who have graduated from school, when did you read last? What did you That's the end. You've got to look. You've got to look. Ah, I've got my, I've got my masters. Master in what? You're quiet.
Favor. Favor is what creates opportunities. Look. I say, look, I know this woman. I know her family, but no. look, just try her. Now, do you know the woman? I don't know her. I don't know her. But something tells me that that job must be given to Mrs. Badaki. I don't know why. Oh, just, you just give her a chance. Uh, I don't normally give this contract big. No, 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 no. I said, okay, I will vouch for her. If she messes up, blame me. Meanwhile, I don't have money to pay her. What has happened now? She's been honing her skills and developing herself and favor opens up the door. And she goes in and she outperforms those who had been performing before. And all of a sudden, the wealth and the riches enter into her account. I don't want to preach about favor. We have tips about that out there. We have tips about it. Let me stop. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to share with you? this morning? I kept asking him, what do we do in this economic crisis? How do we cope with what is coming in? I had to call my accountant yesterday. Do we have bookings for the month? Because everything just dried up because of the generator. We spent almost 1.7 million naira. I said, Do we have bookings? He said, Pastor, we have a few. How do we cope? There's two things skill and favor. But more important, you need to spend time with them. Because you need to know what skill to develop. You also need to know how to pray about the favor you want. I don't know if I'm making sense to anybody this morning. But for, for too long, we, 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 you know, I, I don't know about you, but every time, you know, I tell my staff this all the time. I said to them, there is no problem that does not have a solution. I said, I don't know. If you ever will take that attitude, you'll be surprised about how it will save you a lot of things. There is no problem in this world that doesn't have a solution. But have you noticed the way we pray? We pray about the problem, not the solution. Father, hey, hey, I have cancer. Oh God, cancer has come. Oh, don't let me die. Don't let me die. Don't let me die. Oh, I don't want to die young. Help me. Don't let me die. Heal me. Okay, that's wonderful. That's a good starting point. But ladies and gentlemen, you attract whatever you put your focus on. We pray for the things we don't want. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bind all the corrupt leaders in this country. Let them get out. Let fire come and burn them. Is that the solution? You should be praying for what you want. What you want now is ability, skill to excel. And you want every opportunity to be made available to you. I don't know how many of you have DSTV. I, don't, I mean, I'm not trying to embarrass you. At home. How many of you have ever watched 
the South African adverts side by side the Nigerian adverts. No, eh, come on, now, I'm alone now. Please, please, am I lying? Have you ever watched the Nigerian adverts? You know, Nigeria wants to advertise Pepsodent. Be important. Be important. Use my cleans to face. Is that the level of our creativity? That is a market. That is opportunity. The South Africans will start an advert from somewhere before you finish the advertising toothpaste. And then you say, I didn't get that. I want to watch it again. The Nigerian advert, when they put it on, that's when you go and get water to drink. That's opportunity. Believe me, as soon as I... I mean, one of the things I'm going to spend my time doing now is designing adverts. If the market is too big, the technology is cheap. All I saw was opportunity. Guess what? My, my son, you need to see my two sons. The first one draws cartoons. When this boy draws cartoons, he would draw somebody facing here. He would get the features like he's draw somebody jumping. I, I just marvel at his gift. The other one, you know what he does with at home with his telephone? He makes movies. He's taking over, by the way, Bayo, you need to explain something to me when you finish. He's been asking me questions about the camera and I don't know what it is. They make movies at home. They'll be acting with, with your son. They act, they have movies completed. Sword fights, Yahoo, I mean, all those things. They've done it, they've done it. This boy has written comics. I mean, one of them yesterday gave us to read and he put a scene there where the girl kissed the other guy on the cheek and I said, my son knows about kissing on the cheeks. I was like, okay. I'm serious. It's the guy rescued a girl and then came and kissed her on the lips and said, he kissed me on the lips and I said, on the cheeks. And I said, wow. That's why most of you don't know what's happening. Now me, I have Neo. I have all of them on my iPod. I have Beyonce. If I were a boy. You say, why? You better know what they're listening to. <laughs> because they're living in a different world somebody said if you want to see the future look through the eyes of a 12 year old Spielberg started making movies as a kid with his father's cameras we don't see opportunity but it's God that just tells you you can do that I mean, the guy who came on Wednesday said, the minimum, the minimum, they will do an advert for you. A 60-second advert on NTA is 1.2 million. Believe me, they don't spend up to 100,000 on that thing. 1.2 million. So you are struggling to sell, what are you selling in the battle? Rice. 300 naira, make 50 naira. This guy has made 1 million naira from a 60 second advert. And he buys a jeep and drives it to a border. And he goes to Pasquale's cross meeting and says, give a million. And he writes a check. And you say, what is the difference? It's because he's skilled and he's presenting his goods before kings. We are struggling. 
Hone your skill. Become better. Become the best. Once some, some glory spoke to us about, 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 about branding today. About presentations. How to make. It's not how expensive. If you had some time, I will show you on my PowerPoint a Disneyland in Florida. An Af- animal kingdom. They have more African things than we have in Africa. Our houses want to look like European houses. They are, Jesus Christ. Do you know that the largest chicken processing plant in this city is owned by who? A Lebanese? And you eat the chicken? Do you know that one of the, one of the nice diets that's coming out today is ofada rice? Am I right? Yet we still import more foreign rice than we develop ofada rice. We don't recognize the opportunities because it takes God to wake you up and say, that's an opportunity. Put your foot in it. But you need to develop your skills. Not only do you develop your, you pray about developing your skills. I don't know if I've helped you at all, but one thing I know is that <laughs> Pastor Shaw said it to us here that day. He said, the Bible says that Money develops wings and flies back to heaven. And he said to us, they say there is an economic crunch. There was one, I don't know what to call it, one trillion trillion dollars available in the world. And it was all in America. And all of a sudden, only half of that becomes available. Did the the rest disappear? No, it simply moved somewhere else. That money is still where? Here. Am I making sense? What simply means is that what was working yesterday, if I'm making sense, what was working and making money yesterday cannot make money today. So who has to change? You. But you know what the Christian will do like they did with Joseph? You know, Joseph came in and said, uh, there will be seven years of uh, plenty and then seven years of uh, famine. So they called for a meeting at TBN all night about the seven years of famine and the seven years of plenty. So we all danced for the first 15 minutes. Father, we thank you for the seven years of plenty. Then when he got to the seven years of famine, we said, Father, in Jesus' name, we bind it. We cast it out. We throw it away. We don't refuse it. We reject it. And God said, eh, I have said it twice. I cannot take it back. You can't bind anything. Seven years of famine is coming. You change and begin to save 20% of your, of your resources and your revenue and your food so that in those seven years of famine, you will be able to survive. Not only did Joseph survive those seven years, he made Egypt the richest country in the world. And you and I are entering into an economic situation now. It's all around us. This is how you used to bottle your water. And you don't decide, wait a minute, what do they want? You know what I mean? What can I do? How can I take this to another level so I can capture my market share? And some of us are competing with some of the richest people in this country. Who can, I mean, when I started doing multi-purpose halls, there were only two, myself and Jogo. Go to Ibadan now, everywhere there are multi-purpose halls. And you think the old formula for multi-purpose halls will work today? You've got to change. That means you've got to hone in your skills and you've got to spend time asking God, 
for favor so that you will recognize every opportunity God is going to give you. Amen? Amen. Are we here? Let's rise up. Come down a little. I'm serious this morning. I need to rush to Jesus Chancery. I have uh, this is Oshutoku's memorial. And I need to be there. And if I had known I wouldn't, I would have been there all day. So I want you to take this prayer point seriously this morning. First and foremost, you've got to make up your mind that apart from all the prayer meetings you attend. Apart from church services that you go to, apart from midweek services and all the things you do, and all the prayer mountains you go to, you're going to make up your mind and tell God you're going to spend time with Him. Praise and worship. This idea of, of locking yourself up in the morning, two praise and worship songs, one quick prayer meeting, prayers, prayer point, three prayer songs, one quick prayer meeting. Prayers, prayer point, three prayer points and binding the devil and going out, it doesn't carry any water anymore. Spending time with God means you will sit down with God and the Bible and let him talk to you. It will take practice. It will take effort. It will take discipline. But make up your mind this morning that from today, Lord, I'm going to make time for you. I'm putting you back in number one. They can pull up those screens. I want them to look at the backdrop. I want them to pull up screens. I want them to look at the back door. Listen to me very well. You've got to make up your mind this morning that, Father, I'm going to spend time with you. I don't want, you don't have to look at me. Talk to God right now. Talk to him. Make up your mind. Make a covenant with God. I will make time for you. I will make time to talk things over with you. Lord, I'm going out this morning. I have six meetings. One of them is with so-and-so. I don't know what's going to happen there. So I'm coming to meet you for direction. Lord, my wife and I, you know we're struggling over this. Show us a way of escape. Father, what would you have me do? How do you expect me to enlarge this business? How do I spend more time with you? How do I make time for my wife and my children? I want you to teach me. I want you to show me. I want you to help me. I want you to be able to talk to God the way you talk to your father at home. Talk things over with him. Make time for him. Make time for him. Make up your mind that you're going to spend time, valuable time with God. You're not just going to cross over God. You're not going to be rushing in and rushing out, singing three songs and, and two fast ones and three slow ones and then saying, I've prayed. No, make up your mind today that, Father, I'm going to make time for you. Oh my God Oh my God Our generation shall praise your name Shall praise your name. Our 
the responsibility for what you want God to do, purely on God. But when you go to God and say, how can I do this? I don't know if you get the difference. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Let me climb up so, some of, so I can see some of you at the back. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference between you say, God, give me more skill. Give me more skill. Give me more skill. In Jesus' name. Ba, 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 ba. Ba, 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 ba. And you shout. And you actually think you walked out of that place with skill. Am I making sense? But if you go to God and say, Father, help me. Show me. How do I develop skills? The minute you walk out of that room, every opportunity to learn, God begins to make it, make you more aware of it. Am I making sense? We pray in very funny ways. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's different from saying, God, give me favor. I don't know if you get the point I'm making. Give me favor. That is his onus. That is his responsibility. That is his sovereignty. Am I making sense? But when it comes to skill, it's me. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? So I want you to ask God today, please, how can I develop my skill further? Show me what I need to do. Oh God. Help me bring men and women who will help me to take my skill level to another level. To make me excel beyond my peers. To make my business and the things I do unique. Father, you know exactly what I need and the changes I need to make in my office work. In the things that I put my hands to. I open myself up today. I'm asking you, Father, for the skills I need. For the knowledge I need. For you to help me to go to the right places. Meet the right people. Taking the discipline necessary to take my skill to another level. Father, oh God, help me find those who will train me, who will help me, who will show me how to do it better and better and better and better and better and better in Jesus' name. This morning I was reading my one-year Bible. And if you are reading it as well, you'll find out that we are in um, Chronicles by now. And very interestingly, in Chronicles, Moses began to list out the families of those who were going to do things. And the Bible says he put 24,000 who were supposed to handle the temple. Then he put 4,000 who were supposed to be gatekeepers, pastor. And then he said 4,000 were supposed to be worship leaders. Menga. Then as I was reading it, he actually got to a place and he said, these 4,000 were to be trained by healed worshippers on how to lead worship and I thought to myself oh my God that God himself said people who were supposed to worship in his house had to be trained by people who had certain level of skill by the way listen to me in Samuel sorry not in Samuel in, 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 in Solomon's time I think it's king second kings he said this he, said he went to this particular tribe I've forgotten their name this particular country Sidonians he 
said to them, he said, listen, we need trees and logs. We need logs in our place to build the temple for God. There is no other race in the world that is as skilled as felling logs like you. Now tell us, how much do you want? Ladies and gentlemen, that's what skill does for you. People come to you and say, I want you to do this for me. How much do you want? Now, a job is different. They tell you, you are going to do this and I'm going to pay you this. Skill is another level. I don't know if I'm making any sense. He said, nobody's like you. You are the most skilled people. Therefore, tell us how much. Imagine you getting to a place and they say, this is new streams. We want you to do this. We want you to do this. How much do you want? A skill. Am I making sense? Finally, favor. Favor, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says favor with God. Huh? And favor with who? Men. Some of us have favor with God. So anointing flow. But we are terrible when it comes to men. So men hate us in spite of our anointing. Some of us have favor with men. They open doors for us. But when we get there, there is no performance for the anointed. And so we fail. God says he wants to give us both. Amen? Favor with him. And who? In favor with men. Lift up your voice today. And say, Father, let your favor rest upon me. The favor from heaven above and favor from men here on earth. Flood my life, my, the work of my hand with your supernatural favor, oh God. Because I know at this time I need your favor to over my business. I need your favor over my family. I need your favor over my investments. I need your favor, oh God, with men. I want men to fall over backwards to make sure that the things that are concerning me are perfected, oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, let your favor, the eternal favor of God, the favor that comes from heaven. That your will may be done in my life. That your will may be done in my life. My Father and my God, I bless you. I bless you, Master Sibyl, please. I bless you. I bless you. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt that there is no problem without solution. Therefore, I know that in the midst of what is happening in our nation, you have the wisdom to get out of it. You have the knowledge to cause us to excel, exceed the expectations. Master this morning, we make up our minds that you are the one who has the solution. We will go to no man. We will trust no man, but we will trust you. We will trust your word. We will trust your will. We will trust your plan. And Father, because of you, favor will engulf us all around. Favor with men and favor with you. And Father, those necessary our lives to help us develop our skills to where we appear before kings. We invite them in, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I declare that my life will not be the same again. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.